From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast, sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Justice Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. I am Dana, and joining me today is my colleague, Kagan. Welcome, Kagan. Hey, thank you, Dana. So nice to join you here today. Yeah, it's great to have you back, and I'm excited to talk to you about uh, some important safety stuff that that we do um, that we do need to dive into and cover. But first, I want to tell you a joke. Oh, I'm ready. Let's hear it. <laughs> and I will warn you, it is not a tech joke, but it is one that made me laugh, as they all do. So here we go. Uh, what musical instrument is found in the bathroom? Oh gosh. It's gonna be a, some kind of tuba joke, isn't it? A Let's tuba it. toothpaste, yes. Oh amazing. <laughs> I love it when people figure them out or half figure them out. It makes me happy because I am terrible at figuring these jokes out when other people ask them of me. I love them. Gotta gotta enjoy a good instrument joke where you can. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's dive right in today. So um Heading out of February, we've wrapped up Valentine's Day. We're heading into some different holidays here in the spring, depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, I think it's important that we talk about dating apps, online dating apps, um, and how our teens and kids use those as well. So let's start with just we haven't talked about cyber tips and what they are for a really long time. Um in a more general sense. So Kagan, you work with cyber tips on a daily basis. Would you mind reintroducing us to what they are and, and what that looks like on our end? Yeah, absolutely. So cyber tips are received by something called NECMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They're kind of an international NGO who receive reports of, you know, illicit conduct um, in one way or another from various internet service providers. So your Facebook, Instagram, um, the whole slew discord, if they see something going on on their platform that is um, illicit in some way, such as, you know, child sexual abuse material being sent along, um, potential like online enticement or grooming, sextortion, uh, they generate a report and send it to NECMEC. And NECMEC pretty much packages up the information of what's kind of going on and sends it to the appropriate jurisdiction. So anything that resolves, for example, to Wisconsin, um, with like from Facebook, for example, would get sent to us as a cyber tip. And so we'd go take a look, um, try to identify whether there is um, this this wrongdoing in some kind, and then try to follow up on it. So if we see something like a kiddo being enticed, um, we would do our best to, you know, take that information provided to us, um, find out where this kiddo is to make sure we, we provide them some aid. And this is kind of where it rolls into, you know, talking about dating apps and these, you know, very social connection uh, platforms is that, you know, we're seeing a little bit more on there, uh, both from kiddo usage nowadays and, um, you know, people engaging in kind of dubious actions um and those reports are coming our way yeah and that's an awesome wrap-up so thank you and we should say too we do recommend that people be aware that that citizens can do cyber tip reports as well um so that's a safety thing that we do put out there for people um for awareness on where they can report this kind of stuff but let's let's talk about some of those apps we can't um, we can't put too much focus on an app itself and just not using it as a safety measure, but we can talk about 
some of the popular ones that we see trending. Um, and then more importantly, some of the safety features and things to be aware of for discussion with your kids so that those safety discussions carry across all apps. Um, so let's talk about what we see. Like, what are some of the popular ones that, that you've noticed out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we're seeing these be a, a lot more prevalent, um, you know, growing and in, increasing access, just tons of different apps and, you know, some of the lingering effects of isolation from the pandemic. This mm-hmm. is where we see, you know, kiddos drifting to them. Um, and, you know, some of the basics for, you know, dating apps specifically, you have like your Tinder, Bumble, Hinged, where, um, you know, there's there's some issues with those um, in that sense of kiddos getting on there. They have a pretty lax age verification settings. Yeah. Um, so all you need to do is pretty much create an account. Um, you know, kiddos can input a false age and get right on the platform. Um, and we, we even see that on the flip side, too, with uh, adults going ahead um, and, and it can put in to be younger or set age preferences very low. And, you know, this is where there's some bigger worry is that for those who are looking to groom or entice, know the vulnerable population of kiddos on the apps can set that age uh, preference way lower to stuff like 18 to 21, which is where kiddos normally put in that false age um, and, and know kind of specifically where to hop in at. But Tinder, you know, Bumble, Hinge aren't like the only ones we see uh, people kind of looking for, like those social connection dating apps. We see stuff like Scout, um, mm. Badoo, Meet Me. Um, you know, add-on apps like Yubo or Hoop, which Hoop is like a, a uh, on top app to Snapchat, for example, mm-hmm. to kind of meet and swipe with people. Yeah, there's so many of those. And I think with the popularity of Snapchat, we do see a lot of that with with teenage use um, or we hear about it a lot, I guess, with connection with our law enforcement partners and and community partners um, that kids are interested in using those. And I think it's important to understand why, you know, the the online aspect of our kids lives is such a huge part of their everyday life um, and how they connect with others and how they meet others. Uh, so that's one thing to to really be aware of with all this. But we are modeling it, too, as as guardians and adults. Um, I haven't seen the most recent figures, but I think last I saw, is it half of marriages or something like that? Um, are starting with with meeting online from adults. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, I mean, we 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 certainly can't uh, straight across the board anymore say don't talk to strangers online when we are certainly doing it ourselves. We have to kind of adapt that message to be more realistic and and actually cover the safety stuff we have to talk about with them. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, you hit it on the head there. Digital relationships aren't abnormal uh, or uncommon in any way anymore, especially, you know, with kiddos. Um, You know, when, you know, isolation pandemic hit, that's where everyone turned. And not all these apps were trying to say, obviously, stuff like uh, dating apps for 18 plus, uh, you know, those are easy to straight cut out. But some of these other ones, they're they're not outright bad and they were innocuous in their, you know, creation. Uh, but we've seen them being used in some of those detrimental ways or there's that potential that your kiddos come across something wrong or um, are, are manipulated um, just for the fact that it's a lot easier for adults to um, do that for kiddos who are, you know, a bit more emotionally vulnerable or not, mm-hmm. you know, quite mature yet. That's a that's a very good point. And anybody that's listening, if you have done online dating or if you've heard about people that have done online dating, I think we can pretty safely say um, it's not necessarily the most positive experience for folks <laughs> the majority <laughs> of the time. And 
yeah, I mean, our children trying to navigate those same waters, um, but without necessarily the the context and understanding of of all of that is is very tricky. And then to throw in there as well, like you were talking about, if they are misrepresenting their age, um, we've talked about this before, how that can impact things, um, whether it is that the other users don't know what age they actually are and some inappropriate things might be shared um, or whether they... You know, if something says that they have to be 13, uh, or I can't even make the math work in my head right now, but if if they lie mm-hmm. to say that they are a certain age and then when they actually um, hit that age in the app versus, you know, if they it says they're 18 in the app and now they actually are 13 or 14, it opens them wide up to to all the other adult users. And so there's just major risk there in misrepresenting um, the age that you actually are on there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like we saw this way back in the day with like Facebook with requiring mm-hmm. kiddos to be 13, like you're kind of saying there. And so, you know, they put the fake age, they eventually get to 18, then stuff like ad targeting or, you know, connecting to other age, similar people with that kind of age, you know, range of preference uh, can start happening. And, and that's where there's, there's some worries on there because, you know, this is where, once again, uh, kiddos not being quite able to identify sometimes the questionable behavior, they become a little more subject to potential manipulation, um, grooming, even just suggestive commentary, sometimes coming across, um, you know, people messaging stuff that might seem to them okay, uh, but could lead to something a lot more scary. That was much more articulate than how I said it. Great job. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Paid> now. Uh- <laughs> No, I think you you hit the nail on the head. That's awesome. And and we do talk about that 13 plus age a lot because that's what is the involved with COPPA. And it's so important that we talk not only about safety and who you're connecting with and that kind of thing with the age restrictions here, but also just um, privacy requirements and what the companies can collect uh, on users. And that kind of thing is all really important to note as well. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the, the safety side of things. So we often kick over to our friends at common sense media, uh, to check into different apps, get reviews of them, um, from parent perspectives and to get kind of discussion starters or icebreakers with our kids. Um, so I I definitely recommend that as a resource if you don't know about an app that your children are interested in using or are using and you want to learn more about it, uh, commonsensemedia.org is a great place to um, pop into and check some of that stuff out. Uh, But I just jumped in there and I grabbed a a dating app off of there to see what they said for discussion starters. Um, And so one of the first things they said is families can talk about age appropriateness. Uh, Is an app Mm -hmm. designed for older teens and adults? Um, You know, what are the terms and conditions that you're agreeing to? And does it indicate that it's for, you know, 18 and up or, or what are you agreeing to as part of that? So that's exactly what we're talking about here um, with those age agreements and things like that. Um, and another one that I think is really interesting and I do kind of want to get your thoughts on too. So many of the online apps are kind of focused on uh, physical appearance and the importance of talking to your kids about um, 
everything that that entails, right? Relying on likes, um, only looking at the physical aspect of a person, um, not giving them the chance to kind of learn about who they are and, and those types of things that are so important to every relationship that we have, whether it's romantic or not. Um, so I think that's a really interesting one. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and that's where we really do encourage, you know, parents and caretakers to be thoughtful about the use of these apps. Is, like you're saying, Dana, some of these can be kind of detrimental when it comes to um, some of the more social connection platforms where you can do stuff like the posting um, of your photos and stuff. There's, there's cyberbullying out there, too, that, that mm. goes on top of, you know, where people are looking to meet others or potentially make those um, friendship or romantic connections, you know, even at uh, you know, like the teenage, for example, we, we see kiddos even younger sometimes going on these, just um, trying to find or connect with people. But like you said, it, it can be really uh, scary sometimes for kiddos who are, you know, trying to find who they are, or, um, you know, feel better about themselves. And then someone comes on um, and we've seen this, this is um, one of the, the scarier things for like adults manipulating kiddos is they'll make two accounts. One of them will be like, Hey, you're super uh, ugly or wow, that shirt looks really bad on you. And then another person, uh, the same individual will come and say, Oh, these, this person is so mean, you know, uh, I think you look great. And then boom, uh, you have a conversation started, you feel validated and it, it kind of markets a way, um, for someone to potentially, you know, manipulate, you know, your kid on these platforms, even though, you know, it might just be something that seems innocuous at first. Yeah, they swoop in and save the day. Absolutely. They have all of these manipulative tactics figured out and they know what works. And if it doesn't work, they tweak it on another child and manipulate them instead. So that's an excellent point to bring up um, about some of these predators that we do see online. Um, the last one they have on here I also really like. Uh, it ends up talking about what your family's rules for safe teen dating are. And I think that that's a fantastic way to kind of wrap up the safety piece of this. Um, just talking to your teens about what you expect from them, what they should expect from others, how to be safe when it is time to enter the dating world, um, when that appropriate time is based on your family rules or decisions and, and you know, what that looks like. You know, can they... If they're talking to strangers online, what are the rules set around that? Um, if they want to meet somebody in real life, what are the rules set around that? You know, is that even a possibility or is that totally off the table? Um, every household is going to have different rules that work for them, but it's really important to be taking those things into account so that your children have a clear idea of what the boundaries are um, and can communicate that to to others online as well, just to keep them safe while they're on there. Yeah, absolutely, Dana. These conversations are so crucial. Um, you know, being able to talk about, you know, what apps or websites um, are on devices or being used by kiddos, you know, what are they doing on them? Uh, you know, how, how do they come across them? And, you know, for those ones that are okay and are approved, um, like you're saying, what do you do um, if you come across a certain situation or something bad? You know, how do, how do you respond to it or make sure, um, you know, the kiddos, uh, you know, come out to the trusted adult and say, hey, this is what happened. And, you know, kind of giving a step by step of what they can do, because sometimes, you know, things happen uh, that they didn't plan for. And for a first time as a kiddo, that could be pretty scary. Yeah. Yep. So what um, what can we give people as that reporting mechanism that they can share with their kids and empower them to do? I know there's a couple of different ways that they can report that. 
Absolutely. So each app, um, every app nowadays has the option to block and report individuals. And a lot of these blocking or reporting gives the option to choose something related to, um, you know, potential harm towards kiddos, which create these cyber chips that come our way. Um, so we, we always encourage uh, doing, at first, doing that, uh, making sure that whoever, uh, you know, is potentially harming or uh, putting a kid on a bad situation, I can go out right do that. Sometimes it's just closing out on the browser and, and going to parents. And then parents, um, we're very fortunate here in Wisconsin to have a, a massive spread of ICAC affiliates across the state. Um, talk to your local law enforcement agency, or uh, you can even reach out uh, to us uh, at the state Wisconsin ICAC, and, and we will walk you guys through uh, the resources available, um, both to potentially connect if need be, you know, your kiddo to victim services, and then make sure that whoever is out there trying to harm, uh, you know, kiddos or do something bad, you know, how to respond uh, appropriately and potentially uh, identify where they're at so they can't do it anymore. Awesome. Yeah. So um, a lot of times if we do report abuse within an app and it does uh, involve online child exploitation, they will submit a cyber tip on that and it'll come to us that way as well. Um, but folks can also submit cyber tips. Uh, you can, you can really get to the cyber tip line any way that you try. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, Google NECMEC, you can go to missingkids.org, their website. You can Google cyber tip, you can Google cyber tip line. Um, it's all going to get you right there because they want to make that reporting, uh, as easy as possible. Um, and like Kagan said, you can always reach out to us and just in general, if you are interested in hearing about more topics, different apps, if you have questions that you want us to delve into, um, you can always reach out to us on our website at icac.widoj.gov. There's a form that you can fill out there. You can sign up for our monthly newsletters on there. And we talk about things like this when we do see new trends or apps, um, that you know teens are using in our areas uh we try to put that stuff out as well along with um discussion starters and just you know ideas that you can incorporate into your online safety plan at home so a lot of good stuff there again that's icac.widoj.gov um so that's a lot of really great information, a lot of uh, things to kind of think about for folks today. Kagan, I want to say thank you so much for joining me. Um, and I want to open it up. Is there anything that you want to share as we kind of close out today? Yeah, um, just thank you for having me back here again. Always a, a treat to be with this uh, crew talking about important safety topics. Um, uh, the last thing I did part is just, you know, try to keep open communication going always. You know, the the thing with the you know, world being so entangled with the internet nowadays is there's always new apps, always new websites. Um, just check in every once in a while with your kiddos, see where they're at, have those conversations like Dana talked about earlier about, you know, what are um, the rules of either using some of these or what do you do once you get to the potential dating age in your household? Um, at the end of the day, uh, keeping that those open lines is the best thing you can do um, to make sure that kiddos are, you know, kept safe. That's a perfect message to close out. So, Kagan, thank you so much for all that you do. And for our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And as always, stay safe.